Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. I am your host, Frank Pedor, and hey, it is complicated. <laughs> and I mean that sincerely. As of right now, I am actually recording this ahead of time. It is currently right now for me, February 15th of, uh, today, Tuesday, technically, at 9.21 p.m. Eastern Time. So, by the time you hear this, it's going to be the 18th. I know. Frank, what are you doing? Uh, I'll explain, I'll explain. But first things first, by the time you hear this, this will be a week out of the way. So, with that said, with that said that, yeah, a week is out of the way. Another week has come, another week has gone. More breaths, more minutes, more hours, more effort, more life, more energy expunged on this effort that we all collectively live in right now this earth this planet this this existence which we try to make sense of even though we don't even know if trying to make sense of it is even possible if it's even necessary but we somehow have been able to think about these things and honestly almost scare ourselves into thinking my god what is life? Why am I here? But we put all of that aside. You know what we need to focus on? What we have done. What we have achieved. No matter how big, no matter how little. Because it is so easy in this world, in this life, in this day and age, to be swallowed up by our failures. For that burden to carry with us, to fester within ourselves and ultimately for us to feel as if we've done nothing within our lives and i'm here to tell you that that's not true it's not true at all maybe you uh you didn't get a degree at all maybe you dropped out of high school but you know what you're still alive you're still managing even if just barely even if you don't have a plan or an idea in mind as to what to do with yourself right now that's only right now there are still days ahead of you there are still options and potential for you, not only to live a successful life, but a happy life. Maybe you passed high school, went to a trade school. Awesome. Good for you. Harness those opportunities and make the best out of yourself. Remember, if you're good at something, don't do it for free. Take that lesson from Joker. Let's say you went to college. Maybe you dropped out of college. It wasn't for you. That's okay. I absolutely understand. Part of me thought I should do the same thing many a times. I didn't. That's just because I'm stubborn. Maybe you got that. You graduated high school. You went to college. You did your four years. And now you're in the workforce. Awesome. Congratulations. That's amazing. Let's say you graduated high school. You went into you went to college. You did your four years. You tried your field. You know what? It wasn't for you. You got out of it. Maybe you went back to school. Maybe you adapted yourself. And you're not using that degree anymore. Awesome. You learned, you adapt, and you know what? You got out of something that you knew wasn't going to be for you. You didn't stick with it and make yourself miserable thinking, well, this is what I have my degree and this is what I'm going to do. No, you went above and beyond. You heard the call for your happiness and you pursued it. And honestly, you nailed it. Good for you. Life is of many paths, is of many journeys. And not one is a perfect fit for not only yourself, 
or for anyone else. That is why our paths are so unique, and honestly at times, very precious. Our shared experiences over the billions of lives which exist currently, right now, you exist amongst billions of people. All with unique experiences and stories. All with external and internal thoughts, problems, emotions, pains, achievements. And I think when you try to think that big, it's kind of difficult. You can think of it, sure, but to think of it closely, to think of it um, expansively, it's hard to fathom what every single of those billions of people are feeling. Anyway, just because you didn't accomplish something that you wanted to this week doesn't mean you can't tomorrow or this week to come. And I think you can. I urge and strive and challenge you to do so. I think you might be able to surprise yourself. You put in that effort. You believe in yourself like I believe in you. You will make it happen. So, as always, as is traditional with this podcast and with my streams, here is a shot to you for both your failures and your successes, because without our failures, we wouldn't know how to succeed. So, here's to you, here's to me, here's to the podcast, and episode 21? Hey there, this is Post Frank Pedour, the host of the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. I just want to let you know that upon further research, it turns out that this episode that you're listening to right now is actually episode 22 of the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast, not episode 21. So, henceforth, from this message, anytime I say this is episode 21, no, it is 22. My apologies. I'll be sure to be better about that in the future. But until then, please enjoy the rest of episode 22 of the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. <laughs> Oh boy. Cheap, cheap vodka. So, let me get right down to it. Super Bowl was fun to watch. Finally was able to watch it here um, at home for the first time in many a years. And it was an enjoyable game. I had no stakes on any of the teams. I honestly didn't care who won. Of course, my family always roots for the underdog. So I was going for the Bengals. Then again, from Illinois. So, you know, Chicago all the way. However, yeah, it was just an enjoyable time. Had some pizza, had some beer. I tried firsthand making uh, homemade fried chicken wings. Uh, the batter didn't come out as I was hoping. It was too thick, so I got to keep that in mind for next time. But come next year, next year, I'm telling you this much. February 2023. My chicken wings are going to be delicious. You're going to hold me to it, too. I'm going to make sure that I make the most absolute delicious chicken wings around. But other than that, Super Bowl was great. I enjoyed the crap out of that game and watching it. 
you know, I, I felt like I don't, I'm not a huge sports guy. If you know me, like I hate to sound like the traditional nerd or musician, but I don't religiously follow sports. Uh, part of me for a long while actually didn't really care about sports. But uh, now that I'm older and, um, you know, looking for something in which to, um, I don't know, just have as a distraction. I think it's a whole thing about sports. There's people like me and my roommate who, yeah, we're nerdy, uh, you know, with our comic books, our our individual libraries, being a musician, being gamers, uh, myself being a voice actor and narrator. Like, you know, I, I appreciate the arts and the higher things in life, and I feel that sports are something that is good not only to, like, unite everyone together, because why not? But I feel that there's a limit. For those people who use sports as a distraction of their own life and maybe be able to bond with family members or even just go to a bar and just hoot and holler at a game, I think that's fine. I think that's appropriate. However, if your entire conversation is nothing but sports, like this is all you're able to talk about, I think you need to step back and do something for yourself. That's what I think. That's what I think. Oh, and also, real quick side note, before I forget, happy birthday, Mom. It was my mother's birthday today. Yes, I did wish her a happy birthday. I'm going to call her again after this, just to, uh, if she's not asleep already. Anyway, so, Super Bowl was great. Enjoyed the food. Chicken wings again, although they, the batter was a little bit too thick. It still tasted good. The batter tasted great. It was just a little too thick. So, we'll see what I can do about that. Other than that, Valentine's Day was yesterday. Didn't really do anything. Just kind of, you know, been single for a while. Both uh, my roommate and I. So, we just kind of hung out at home. Watched TV. Just talked. And, uh, tried to make sense of a couple of things, which... I believe we did. Other than that, here we are now. So a very short week, quote-unquote, update, other than the reason why I'm recording this now on a Tuesday rather than, you know, my usual streaming it on Friday and uploading this and that, is because my parents are coming to visit tomorrow, and they will be staying for a few days, so... My streaming schedule and just this podcast, obviously, needs to adapt accordingly. So, we are having it now, as you are listening. Although you're not going to know the difference, because again, I'm going to schedule it so that's released on Friday the 18th. So, ta-da, technology. So here's the thing, is that... I've been wanting to come up with something to talk about which is constructive, which is in-depth on one subject, and is of length. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen this week. Sorry. But there are things that I wish to talk about which is a little bit of a follow-up as far as cleaning up on previous things that I spoke about, as well as a couple of new things which may or may not be interesting. So, with that said, this may be a shorter podcast, unfortunately. But um, I feel that what we have to talk about may be of interest to you because cleanup time. So let me finish my drink here and we will dive right on into the articles. I have four this podcast in which to share with you all of different topics, but also closely related. So uh, cheers.
as always, the links to the articles which I referenced are right in the, in the description below. I quote, I document everything that I do here with this podcast. I do not want to be someone who just makes things up. I don't do that. So that's exactly what I'm doing. So here's the first thing that I want to talk about. I announced, or at least said, mentioned, etc., on my podcast last Friday, that Futurama is being revitalized with a season eight. And most of the uh, cast is coming back, except for, and still to this day, as far as I know, um... Oh, yeah, this, there we go. Sorry, huge brain fart. Uh, John DiMaggio is still not on board just yet. However, while a lot of people have been, yeah, let's go, Futurama, let's see what happens, obviously, uh, Graining and Cohen is all over it, as well as um, the other actors and actresses. Something, and I knew this would happen, and I'm glad it finally came out yesterday. On Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2022, WhatCulture.com came out with a disagreement. Their title being Eight Reasons Futurama Doesn't Need a Season 8 by Mark uh, Donaldson. So, let's see what Mark has to say. It was recently announced that Matt Groening and David X. Cohen's beloved science fiction series was to be resurrected for Hulu in the United States and Disney Plus in the UK. Billy West, uh, they're all confirmed to return as Fry, Leela, Amy, and Hermes respectively, and talks are ongoing to recruit the remaining cast members. It was left... It was a left-field announcement that had been greeted with mixed reactions from fans on social media. This is the fourth Futurama incarnation after the original series, the spin-off movies, and the previous revival on Comedy Central. It's truly a series that refuses to stay dead, but the return of Futurama doesn't feel as much of cause for celebration as it did in 2008. Instead, it has the sense of one of the show's many pickled celebrity heads this time futurama feels like it's been preserved long past its sell-by date doomed to continue entertaining audiences forever here's just some of the reasons that the latest revival is a mistake number eight no bender one of the names conspicuous yes one of the names conspicuous by their absence in the revival's press release was John DiMaggio. Whilst it hoped that the actor will return to the role of Bender, it's by no means confirmed. Could he be holding out for a higher wage on account of the fact he's not interested in bringing back the character? Futurama without Bender doesn't bear thinking about, but an off-brand sounding Bender would be even worse. Fry's alcoholic, narcissistic robot best friend is such an integral part of the core cast. It's why, it's why it's always Fry, Leela, and Bender on the title sequence on the various merchandise items. Bender has also been a part of some of the series' best episodes, like in Goodfellas, where he becomes an omnipotent god to microscopic civilization living on his chest. 
As much as that's down to a presumably also returning writing team, it's also down to Don, uh, John DiMaggio's performance as Bender. In anyone else's hands, the character could be a monster, but DiMaggio always maintains the balance between aggression and vulnerability. Bender without DiMaggio isn't Bender at all. Oh, it's one of those click things. Oh, what culture? What the hell? Number seven. Are there any new stories to tell? Hmm. People are never tired of saying that science fiction is an endless source of inspiration and ideas. Except that's not quite true. Whilst there is a limitless scope in the genre, the imagination of the writer can often be a large stumbling block. Futurama's had some incredible high-concept stories over the years, an episode like Roswell that ends, well, brilliantly combines the myth of Area 51 with the Grandfather Paradox. Another incredible moving episode features a hallucinogenic honey that allows Leela to recognize her feelings for Fry after he's seemingly killed by a space bee. Meanwhile, the later series of the revival Futurama featured Zoidberg constructing a ventriloquist puppet out of Hermes, discarded body parts, and a sentient arse pimple called Susan Boyle. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about that. Worse still, the last time we saw the Planet Express crew was a painfully unfunny ratings grab of a crossover with The Simpsons. I did not see them. Also, you need to stop writing whilst, or whilst, Will's inspiration may come from the billionaire space race and other uh, advancements in the years since Futurama. There's a sinking feeling that, write, that the writing team were already grasping at narrative straws towards the end of the previous revival. Yeah, I understand that. Number six, Rick and Morty. Um... <clears throat> Roland and Harmon's sci-fi comedy has ably filled the gap left by Futurama. It's often a more cynical and harder-edged show, but what it lacks in heart and more than makes up for in high-concept science fiction ideas. When Futurama comes back, it won't be enough for it to simply replicate what's gone before. For the show to be successfully revived, it will need to either compete with Rick and Morty or provide a compelling alternative. The emotional heft of Futurama has always been a major selling point, but that's been exhausted over the previous seven seasons. It's a tall order to compete with Rick and Morty's high-concept storytelling, but equally, it's going to be difficult to do something new when it comes to the central characters. Futurama's simpler approach to storytelling might work in its favor, as the Rick and Morty mythology is an increasingly dizzying concept. However, Simple, episodic storytelling no longer appears to be in fashion. This isn't to say that the two shows can't coexist, but it does provide a challenge for the returning Futurama team. To paraphrase, Dougie from South Park, Rick and Morty already did it. Sure, I guess I'm behind on my South Park. Number six, uh, five rather, has an animation moved on? No. Animation will never move on. Anyway, um, the article says Futurama regularly broke the hearts of viewers over the years. Fry's loyal dog, Philip Fry, the original Martian, the holophone symphony that Fry performs for Leela, 
It was always a show that often had much more emotional depth than its contemporaries. The problem for Futurama were in turns in 2023 is that adult animation has moved on in the meantime. Moving through a lot of Futurama is... Moving though a lot of Futurama is, doesn't have the depth or dramatic scope of BoJack Horseman. Meanwhile, a series, a series like Big Mouth balances crude humor with genuine pathos as it tackles puberty. Both of these series have consequences too. Sometimes that Futurama often only paid lip service too. Fry and Leela finally got together in later series, except in some episodes it felt that they weren't really together at all. With the revival stick, will the revival stick to the reset button approach that Futurama and so many other animated series have relied upon? If there is a proper overarching story to tell with the return of the Planet Express team, then that's great. If it's another series of loosely tied one-off adventures, then it runs the risk of feeling re retrograde. Look at what's happened to the Simpsons and Family Guy. The same characters, stuck in broadly the same situations with little to no changes. Futurama was always better than that. Number four, why now? Futurama's Futurama first aired in 1999. Saw pizza delivery boy Philip J. Fry see in the new millennium with a sad can of beer and an unwanted pizza before he topples backwards into a cryogenic storage pod and awakes in the year 3000. Well, technically 2999, that's fine. That's fine. It was a series that spawned out that the pre-millennium hope and anxiety over what mankind's future would look like. How much further has society progressed since 1999? How much further has it progressed since the series finally ended in 2013? There's certainly potential for the new Futurama to talk about current moment. What if Jeff Bezos' plan for Amazon uh, depots on the moon, but Professor Farnworth's Planet Express without the scientific knowledge? However, when television series get canceled, there's often a feeling of, oh, I bet Insert Show Here could do a great episode about that. It doesn't feel like Futurama has had many of those moments in the minds of fans since the series finally went off the air in 2013, and that doesn't bode well for a revival. Number three, Dangerous Nostalgia. It's been a tough few years. As such, it can be a great comfort to sink back into, an, back into old habits or return to much-loved comfort viewing. There's nothing wrong with that. However, isn't it healthier to revisit some favorite episodes rather than churn out 20 new ones? Post-COVID, nostalgia has been incredibly lucrative for Hollywood studios. Spider-Man No Way Home and Jackass Forever have both tapped into the nostalgic fondness that audience members have for a time gone by. It can also be incredibly destructive, commissioning new episodes of shows that have had their time, or producing sequels, spin-offs, or prequels to film series that have already ended can fundamentally change your understanding of the property. Not only that, but it makes it incredibly difficult for new original work to flourish. Audiences are less risk-averse these days, and as studios and streaming services constantly offer up revivals, remakes, and sequels, they're only going to retreat further into their comfort zones. As a result, nothing in fiction ever truly ends. 
At this rate, your great-great-great-granddaughter will be watching brand new episodes of Futurama in the actual year 3000. They probably need a few more grades, but that's fine. Number two. It already had two perfect endings. The fundamental problem with resurrecting Futurama is that it already had a perfect ending twice. Whilst the end of season four finale, The Devil's Hands Are Idle Playthings was more open-ended, it served as a low-key ending that suggested Fry and Leela would work out for each other after all. After being revived as films and then a series on Comedy Central, Futurama had to come up with an emotional finale once more, and it appeared that this time it would stick. Meanwhile is one of those high-concept but emotionally intimate episodes that the series does so well. After Fry's proposal to Leo goes spectacularly wrong, the pair are left frozen in time. They can move around, but everything else around them is frozen in one particular moment. They get married, grow old together, and travel the stars. Right up until the final moments, it appears that this is the very end of Futurama. The frozen moment conceit neatly mirrors how Fry originally ended up in the 31st century. Although Farnsworth fixes the problem at the very end, leaving things open-ended. Meanwhile, it's an emotionally satisfying ending to the series. Or it would have been if there weren't about 20 more episodes. Yeah, my mind went there too. Number one, content over quality. In the age of the streaming wars, there's no such thing as a happy ending. Fry and Leela may have walked through the portal to live happily ever after again at the end of Meanwhile, but it's no longer enough to just let the characters live in, on in our heads. Or live on in your head, rather. Everything... <coughs> Excuse me. Everything must be brought back. Character arcs must be demolished and obstacles must be put in their way so that they can still act in the same ways we remember them, rather than as actual people. This is not exclusive to Futurama, of course. It's been an increasingly big part of the television and cinema landscape over the past few years. New Star Trek series are way to sell Paramount streaming service to an audience of Trekkies. Multiple Tatooine set Star Wars. Yeah, Tatooine set Star Wars series are a great way to sell Disney Plus subscriptions. And now, Futurama is another enticing prospect for people who want to add another streaming service to their outgoing bills. However, doesn't this devalue the quality of the work? Stories are supposed to have endings. Characters are supposed to have satisfying arcs. By constantly resurrecting these properties past their natural endpoint, it further contributes to an endless, meaningless cycle of content. Which is something, that's the end of the article, which is something that I actually talked about uh, with... Um, um, uh, my last podcast... Is this just a cash grab? Is, is that all this is? Do they actually mean to do well and good by the actual series and what it meant to people? What it meant to me? 
what are they actually willing to gain here other than a profit? Yes, they got the original writers. Great. It has a chance. But that's it. Just a chance. We will see. I hope I don't have to talk about the Futurama series. Uh, other than just a quick update of like, yeah, John decided to do it. Or yeah, John didn't do it. That's about it. Let's move on to something else still remaining within the cinema thing. But let's talk about The Punisher, my favorite comic book character. We go to small-screen.co.uk for this article by Edward Lauder. Also published yesterday. John Bernthal's new MCU Punisher series going to Hulu. I've watched both Punisher series on Netflix. And I plan on watching this when it comes out. So let's see. Mr. Edward writes this. It seems as though an upcoming new Punisher series starring John Bernthal will be coming to Hulu in the United States and Disney Plus star everywhere else. We reached out to our sources at Disney and Marvel, and they confirmed that the future Punisher series will indeed be going to Hulu in the United States and Disney Plus star everywhere else. Consider this confirmed. Uh, in the report, Mickey Sutton says that, quote, when John Bernthal returns with a new Punisher series, it's likely to be on Hulu, end quote. This makes a lot of sense since a new Punisher series would have to be rather violent, too violent for Disney Plus. In the UK and other parts of the world, they would end up putting a future John Bernthal Punisher series on Disney Plus Star. That's Disney's 18 Plus section of the Disney Plus app. This all comes after John Bernthal, Bernthal himself revealed that he would love to return to the role of the Punisher. However, he mentioned in an interview that he would love to do it, but it would have to be done right. Here's what John Bernthal had to say on that matter. Quote, The character is very much of my bones. That said, I also know how important this character is to do so many people. I also know how important this character is to so many people. Thank you. Excuse me. My bad. Continuing, I just don't want to see the character being handled in a light way. I would only want to be a part of it if it was done the right way, end quote. He went on to elaborate how they could bring the Punisher back. Quote, he's an extraordinarily dark character that is not looking to escape that darkness. I think that's a really difficult road to go down these days. I would love to do it if we could do it right. It's not just, it's not, it's not, it's not just, okay, so they messed up there. It's not just about doing it. It's about doing it right, end quote. Uh, what do you make of this news? Uh, wow, that was actually a rather shitty article. What do I make of that news? I think that John Bernthal is actually going to be a part writer, or at least some sort of overseer of the script to make sure that they're not going to make the Punisher or the character of the Punisher. If Here's the thing. All right, let's consider this. The Netflix original series, John Bernthal did it and became the Punisher. And yeah, it was modern ad adaptation. I understand that. That's fine. But the character was indeed dark. The character did indeed have murderous intent underneath him. And that also carried over to, um, God, I believe that was the Daredevil series as well. So here's the thing. Are they going to create just absolute scratch 
Punisher series on Hulu. Uh, without any reference or what have you of all the Netflix Marvel stuff and connections with uh, Daredevil. And, uh, actually, I think he was only connected with Daredevil, which makes sense to Punisher and actual Marvel canon. Or are they just going to start from scratch but keep the Netflix Punisher character in mind as they write out this series? That's what I'm curious about. Again, I'm going to watch it. I love the Punisher. I love the character of the Punisher. I have like like high 80s or low 90% of his solo series collected. So there's no way I'm not going to watch this. So I'll keep you posted. But what is Hulu going to do? And how dark are they going to do it? And the only way for them to maintain John Bernthal's interest is if they write it correctly to what he sees fit. So it is up to him, in all honesty, to be able to lead this young writing group. Uh, they're probably not even run uh, young, but yeah, that writing group. I suppose we shall see. With that said, uh, this is a very short article that we have. I mean, very short to the point that I can summarize it. Basically, we're switching on over to video games right now. Specifically, Doom. D-O-O-M, Doom. Why am I switching over to Doom? Well, one, I'm streaming it currently. We're currently on Doom 2016. We'll soon get to Doom Eternal, which came out in 2020. And uh, evidently, because, and again, I'm, this is comicbook.com. New Doom game could be in the works by Logan Moore, another article which came out yesterday. So evidently, uh, Mr. Moore's suspicion is that because ID Software is having a bunch of new job listings their suspicion is that there could be a new doom game coming out it's literally like a paragraph so i'll just read this real quick it looks as though a new entry in id software's beloved first person shooter franchise doom could currently be in works back in 2020 the latest installment in the series doom eternal released in the early portion of the year since that time id software went on to release two new expansions of Eternal that seemingly brought the Doom series to a halt for the time being. However, if a new job listing is anything to go by, perhaps the next game in the franchise is already being developed in some capacity. Spotted by Xbox, World, Xbox Worlds, a recent job for the role of a combat designer at ID Software was posted to the Zani Max website. Zeni? Zani? Whatever. For the most part, details of what this position could be associated were sparse, but ID Software did make clear that it'd be working on another first-person action title, much as we have come to expect from the studio in the past. In addition, it would also specify that those applying to the position would have, quote, in-depth knowledge of recent ID games, including Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, end quote. With this in mind, this could suggest another Doom game is now in the works, given that ID Software wants candidates to be very familiar with the property. Then again, there's always a chance that this job could be tied to something else entirely and may not be 
and may not have anything to do with Doom. After all, Doom and Doom Eternal are the last two major releases that have come from ID Software outside of some assistance that was done on Rage 2. Because of this, the studio could just want to hire a candidate that is familiar with its previous work in a general sense. Whether or not anything new related to Doom will come about in the future remains to be seen, but this job post definitely raises some eyebrows. Would you like to see... Honestly, I think Doom needs to back off a little bit. Let the dust settle a bit more. Yeah, it came out two years ago, but please don't become another Assassin's Creed. Doom is special in that it has the capability of a decade to go by, and they come back with something new. And it's magnificent. The fact they came out with Doom 2016 and then Doom Eternal in 2020... That timeline by itself, yeah, they capitalized on it, but damn it, they made sure that they would do it right. I haven't played Doom Eternal yet, but from what I've seen and just based on the ratings by itself, they need more time. They definitely need more time. And I think it's fantastic that if they're thinking about it, awesome. But I would give it a couple more years. And then come back to it. Let the bugs of the new generation of these gaming consoles settle. And then truly utilize what they're capable of for the next Doom game. That would be my recommendation. Then again, I'm just a musician. I'm just someone who has a master's degree in blowing through an empty tube. What do I know about video games? Other than the fact that I've been playing them all my life. So, we move on to our last article, which I'm kind of excited about. Yes, all of these, um, all these articles have been of uh, the past day. This one came out today. I don't know what time, but it came out today. This is from Deadline.com. Breaking Hollywood news since 2006. So take that as you will. This was written by a Matt Grobar. Today, February 15th, 2022 at 9 a.m. I imagine it's Hollywood time. So take that as you will. The title reads, Bioshock Movie in Works. Netflix partnering with 2K Take-Two Interactive on adaptation of video game franchise. Let's go. I just finished playing the entire series. So let's see what they have to say here. huh? Uh, not too long of an article. We can do this. Netflix is partnering with video game holding company Take-Two Interactive and its game publisher subsidiary 2K to produce a film based on their renowned, renowned video game franchise Bioshock. Set across multiple dystopian and visionary landscapes gone wrong, the Bioshock video game series has blended sci-fi and horror to pose unique existential and societal questions reshaping how game stories are told, all amidst pulse-pounding action gameplay that rewards sharp shooting, clever planning, and lethal improvisation. 
The award-winning franchise first introduced by 2K in 2007 has sold more than 39 million copies worldwide across the original releases of titles including Bioshock, Bioshock 2, and Bioshock Infinite, as well as multiple releases, remastered editions, and bundled collections. Another installment in the first-person shooter franchise is currently in development at Cloud Chamber. Yes, remember, there is going to be a Bioshock 4. So, keep that in mind. The article continues. Over the years, multiple attempts at adapting the franchise for film have been made at all at Universal. Gore Verbinski signed on to direct a Bioshock film from a script by John Logan in 2008, but that project was shelved due to budget concerns, with Verbinski later in talks to produce an adaptation from director Juan, Car uh, Juan Carlos Fresnadillo. Uh, Fresnadillo, excuse me. That iteration was likewise canceled in 2013, when the filmmakers failed to reach an agreement with the studio with regard to the film's budget and intended rating. 2K will produce the upcoming adaptation of Roy Lee's Vertigo Entertainment. Quote, Netflix is among the best and most forward-thinking storytellers in all of entertainment today. We are thrilled that they share our vision and commitment to the Bioshock franchise, which is beloved by millions of fans around the world, said Take-Two Interactive Chairman and CEO Strauss Zelnick. Quote, 2K's Cloud Chamber Studios deep in active development on the next iteration of the series, and coupled with our partnership with Netflix, we remain highly confident that Bioshock will continue to captivate and engage audiences like never before. So, there's four comments, so um, let's just read these real quick. One says, rehire Verbinski or I'm not interested. Still, glad there's any version of this back on the table. Another one says, we want the Rapture TV series, not the video game movie. How many times are they going to try that? Another says, please get Gore, Verbinski, and John Logan back on board. And the last one says, a Rapture TV series is better idea than a movie adaptation. I'm sure they mean than but I will forgive them for their grammar. So, I understand how, I understand how a, um, what do you call it? A TV series, a series adaptation of something is much more in depth and more appealing. And I can say that be, uh, out of two examples. Example number one is Deadwood. HBO did three seasons of Deadwood and cut it there. They came out years later with the movie adaptation. And while the movie adaptation was fantastic, I would have preferred one more series to wrap everything up. Just because with a show like Deadwood, with so many characters, so many side stories, so much character development happening within every single episode, so much detail needing to be added to such a tremendous and wonderful project. 
a movie is simply, it's a different format. It's a faster paced thing. And there's only so much that they're able to do. And the second, uh, example that I can give of that is, um, is Downton Abbey, the, the, the television adaptation, this series, uh, is much more enjoyable than, than the movie, much like Deadwood. That movie was intended to be, let's wrap everything up. This is for you, the fans. Here's our little gift. Sorry, we couldn't do it the way that we wanted to, but reasons. So here you go. That's exactly what the first Downton Abbey movie was. If you didn't know, a second one is currently in place and Maggie Smith has agreed to be a part of it. Despite, I'm not going to spoil it. Anyway, that's what they were supposed to be. That's what movies to me nowadays is supposed to be when it's in conjunction or relation with a television series. We missed all of this because of one reason or another. So let's finish it up as neatly and as honorably as we can to the franchise. And this is to you, the fans. We will see what Netflix does with a movie adaptation of Bioshock. I do agree with that one comment. If it's just a uh, movie adaptation of here's the video game, but you don't play it, then yeah, honestly, I think I will be a little bit pissed because why would I do that when I can just replay the goddamn game again? But if they make it unique, if they make it so that it's a different take of Rapture, if they're going back to Rapture, maybe they're going to Columbia. I have no idea. I really have no idea. But that's what remains to be seen. I will be keeping tabs on that just because I'm so interested in it. Because that's something that's happening within this culture. That's something that's happening within Hollywood and all these streaming platforms. They are running out of ideas. They're running out of original ideas. So they're doing remakes. They're, re they're doing adaptations. They're doing video games to movies, books to movies, books and video games to television series. Like, where and when does it end? And if they do that, are they doing it because someone actually thinks that they'll be doing proper homage to the franchise, excuse me, and to the fan base, which follows it, especially Bioshock, especially with Bioshock 1? Or are they just doing another cash grab and it's just going to be something that they spend millions in and ultimately it brings down the franchise as a whole? That is what remains to be seen. It's exactly like the Futurama revive. It, like, where there's a little bit of a theme between the last podcast and this podcast. Is that, are they doing it to actually honor this series? To honor the franchise and what it means to people? Or are they just simply trying to go for a cash grab? That is what remains to be seen. Anyway, with that said... I'm going to wrap up the podcast here because I have said and done everything that I need to. And I will try my best next week in order to be able to have an actual in-depth research and discussion on a singular topic. Don't hold me to that. I'm not promising. That's what I would like to do. And if I'm not able to, 
apologies, but I'll do my best. So with that said, if you have articles or a topic of discussion that you wish to share with me, you just want to say hello or have a constructive criticism. As far as the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast goes, email me. You can do so anytime. It is the FSOF podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and send all of those inquiries my way, and I will consider it. And maybe you might hear it live or just later on within the podcast. So, with that said, uh, here's to you, here's to me, here's to the podcast. Next week, I will come back on my regularly scheduled time. We'll be back on the 25th of February, the last Friday of the month. And we will, uh, we'll be, we'll be back on track henceforth. All right, cool. So, here's to you. Here's to me and the 21st episode of the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. I really do. And I hope that you are able to succeed in whatever it is that you plan on accomplishing this week. So, thank you for listening. And remember to take care of yourself and to keep practicing. No matter what it is, so long it doesn't hurt you or anyone else, keep practicing. I'm going to, um, I'm going to continue practicing being happy. And I'm going to practice, I don't even need to practice this, but I'm going to enjoy my parents' visit. I miss them. Despite them only being one state away, I miss my parents. So, I'm going to do that. Thank you again. For listening, take care of yourselves, keep practicing, and until the next podcast, au revoir.